and we're live. It's my pleasure to welcome Sam Ingelson, Global Subscription Experimentation Manager at The Zone Group to this week's episode of CX Sales to learn about career growth in the field of customer experience optimization, otherwise known as CXO, and The Zone's growth throughout the pandemic. Sam, do you want to give a quick intro? Yeah, sure. Cheers, Lucas. Yeah, pleasure to be here, mate. So I really appreciate you uh, inviting me on. Uh, so yeah, as Lucas said, my name's Sam, work as a, a global subscription experimentation manager at The Zone predominantly looking after our business development and, and marketing functions. Um, so just looking at ways we can experiment at scale, getting those small incremental wins and learnings about our customers across all of these, these wider functions. So um, just making sure that those tests that are run with the utmost statistical validity that we're answering customer problems, business problems, and, and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, been at design for probably about a year now. Um, so yeah, it was been pretty COVID hit throughout throughout my time here. But yeah, it's been been a been a great experience and, and it's good great to work in an industry that like sport that you know, everyone that you work with is is just so passionate about, really. Yeah, no, we'll definitely dig into some of that. Appreciate the intro there, Sam. Um, so let's let's switch this episode around a little bit and we're gonna kick off with the five question round instead. So um essentially I'll give you five questions, answer as quickly as you can, and I'll kick off with the first one. Favorite example of customer experience outside of your industry? Um, outside of my industry. So I will go for a Netflix example. Um, so I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do this, uh, <laughs> but where they will actively cancel someone's subscription if they don't respond to any communications within, within a, uh, I think it's a 12 month or a six month time frame. Um, I just, and they're, they're willing to let go of that revenue because they feel like the customer has forgotten to uh, cancel their subscription, which I've used that example many times in, in presentations. I think that's a, a fantastic example of how someone puts the customer at the heart of everything they do. If you could play any sport for a living, what would you play and why? Um, do you know what? I'm going to say something different. I'm going to say cricket because okay. wow. uh, <laughs> I, I, I love to travel and uh, they're overseas for a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of the year and always, always in hot countries um it seems very relaxed very chilled out um and i feel like you wouldn't get recognized as much on the street by the average person so i feel like you can still enjoy a very very nice life and yeah. get, the, get the riches with it as well as the enjoyable lifestyle i love that that's such a thoughtful answer there it's like it's, it's like you're ready for that question yeah i didn't even i did it yeah <laughs> uh, I, i've never been asked that question before that's <laughs> no, so that's thinking on your feet right there um what's the most useless cx course certificate or conference that you've ever been to most useless i oh, called it getting me to call them out wait um <laughs> what was the one i don't i'm not going to mention names but onboarding of a tool uh that, that i worked with uh get you to do a certification on uh cx optimization in regards <laughs> to their tool and finding customer problems but it was just a sales pitch for their tool oh, no way. and you know every, everyone got it uh, everyone had to do it and it was just like you know oh which one of these options is good for this and it, you know their tool and you're like you're not really any learnings to this it's just <laughs> trying to sell just your another tool. process yeah 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 Interesting. Cool. We'll let we'll let the audience guess uh, which tool that is. What are your favorite online resources to stay up to date with the news in the industry? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So uh, obviously, I, I read a lot of medium articles. Um, Netflix tech blog, Booking.com tech blog. Uh, but one of the main resources I use is probably CXL. 
um, conversion Excel. So Pep, nice. the, yeah, I think the content, the, the content strategy they have is, is top notch and it makes, especially on the testing side, I think it makes things that can potentially be quite hard to understand. They make it very, very, um, very easily readable and, and understandable for, for, for just the average person. So I've used their content in, in talks many a time. Last question. Um, what's the one book you would recommend to the audience and why? It doesn't have to be CX related. I think the book that changed my actions the most and had the biggest impact on me is a book called Crucial Conversations. Okay. Um, and this is a book about how to handle yourself in those difficult conversations. And you know, it could be in a work sense, how you have those chats, but it could be with your partner, with your family. And it's about putting yourself in the shoes of the other person so yeah. that you, know, you, you react um, in an intelligent and professional manner rather than you know, being angry, agitated, and not being able to get your point across. So it's about putting yourself in the other person's shoes, thinking about what they're going through before you respond. And there's some really, really clever techniques in there that you know, let you take a step back while you're having these, these tough conversations mm-hmm. and start to yeah, put yourself in their shoes and, and really come out with some... Um, with, with, Give think, us one. Okay, there's 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 one rule where um, you would be take this take this step back from the conversation. Um, give you give yourself it's called like the five second rule, um, and then you would just step back and say, right, you know, what is this person thinking? Why are they coming to this? And the first thing that comes into your head, you know, react to that, react to that, and make sure you think this right. is what the person's coming to me. Um, and uh, yeah, just about understanding their point of view is the main thing. So yeah, it's called the five second rule. Cool. So you passed the five question challenge. Now on to the next. Um, as you know, we like to do sales pitches um, in our episodes and I'm going to put you to the test as well. So imagine I'm the head of customer experience at company X and we have never done online experimentation before. So in a 30 second elevator pitch, I want you to tell me why is customer experience optimization crucial for my business? Now, give me a second. I'll start the timer and go. Okay, so the first point thing I would ask the person I'm pitching to, you know, how much do you care about the revenue of your business? Uh, and how much do you care about acquiring free revenue for your business? So, you know, no marketing costs acquired to that. Um, free revenue coming to your business because ultimately, if you, exp- if you improve that customer experience and you put the customers at the heart of everything you do, you're going to have happy customers. They're going to talk to their friends about you. You're going to get rave reviews. Um, and that's free. That's all free. That's free revenue. That's coming. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, you got it there. You got it there. You got it right to the pain point. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Cool. So um, let me ask you this. What makes you great at CXO, Sam? That's a, that's, a, that's a tough question. I would say that, firstly, I would say that, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm good at my job, but, you know, I would never view myself as an expert because I think, you know, to say that, you know, I've committed myself to a lifetime of learning um, and to, to build yourself as an expert, it takes years and years and years. And, you know, I see myself as someone that would never come and say I'm an expert because there's just so much more learning in life that, 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 that you've got to do. So, but I would say what makes me good at my job is um, diving to the real problem of the customer. So on that research side is just using every tool I will have available to, to, to get to the bottom of that problem, you know, not just looking at one data source, but just mixing that up with as many as possible. So you've got your 
quant data with you know your ab tests for your google analytics whatever that may be but really yeah. diving into some of the, these other you know motivational data and, and looking at what, what those what those real customer problems actually are so yeah um, yeah in the past i think what's what's got me to to um be able to tell a really good story with the data is you know having that sort of hustler's mindset where you might mm -hmm. not have a tool to do the job but you will go and get free trials. You'll reach out to, the, to, to these tools and say, look, you know, if this goes well, we can, get a, we can get a contract with you, blah, blah, blah. And just having that hustler's mentality to be like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this problem, however much it takes. I'm going to do anything to understand this customer problem more. Um, yeah. And, you know, everywhere I've been, you're never going to have every tool in your tech stack, right? So it's about going out and being smart with it. You know, I've done things like on, the, on a website, gone, gone around to my granddad's house, Granddad, can you do this? And if you, well, I'll look at it, you know, just 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 try to be try to be clever with it. So yeah. I think that's probably where I'm strongest is getting to the bottom of that customer problem and doing anything in my power to be able to get that insight. Yep, I love that. So really, just having all the fact at hand before you make any sort of decisions. I'm guessing you've definitely been on a flip side though. You've been on a flip side where the company hasn't had all the facts at hand and they made decisions based off of assumptions, right? Yeah, I've been in, definitely been in places where it's based on gut feel. And hippo effect, especially earlier on in my career. For those who aren't familiar with the with the hippo effect, could you explain that? Um, so that's cool. Yeah, the highest paid person's opinion, um, and that's where yeah decisions are based off gut feel and and senior leaders saying no, I think this is this. Any uh, standout examples maybe um, that you've been through? Oh yeah yeah yeah, I have got one. I've got a good one. I've got a good one. So um, yeah, not naming names of this company, but, uh, yeah, we had to deploy a new backend security system. Um, and there was a tight deadline to get this done. And, you know, the senior leader was, um, was, there was a lot of pressure, you know, cop on the block sort of stuff to, to actually get this, this security system delivered. Um, and I think this was around the time of GDPR as well. So, you know, a lot of pressure on this one. And, uh, we, we advise, no, you know, we've hacked a solution together to get it over the line in the yeah. deadline. We, we need to test this. We need to make sure that we're not testing this for um, the quality of the, of the system. We're doing this to make sure that there's no impact to the customer journey. Um, and we're not seeing any bugs, tracking bugs or, you know, feature bugs, whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, and managed to, to, to convince them and say, look, we've got to test it. Um, and yeah, we've seen something like a 20% drop on conversion rate from from this feature that it wanted to be tested uh, and that would have cost the business i think it was something in the region of 12 million pounds um yeah. just just because they weren't gonna they were gonna roll this out and yeah. just because you know a senior leader was saying you know i've got to get this delivered got to get this delivered but you know when we start to see that on the on the on the balance sheet you know, a lot of questions would have started to be asked and you know not if you were not actually thinking about the customer journey with that and the, the customer experience um, with a test, then, you know, those, con those consequences. Which is where you come in and save the day, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, that was a good use case. And I think that, that was also rolled out with no like analytics attached to the actual feature. Oh, wow. So that resulted in me trawling through 100, well, probably, probably 50 session recordings, just which, you know, looking at everyone's journeys over and over again, um, yeah. which is a very painstaking task to do because you've got no analytics on that feature. It's the very last resort that any analyst would would want to do or anyone in, in customer experience. So I, th I think that that was that was a massive learning curve for for the business at the time. 
Um, but yeah, we got to the bottom of that problem. And yeah, luckily through our last last resort in session recording, we were actually able to identify what the problem was on the on, on what device it was as well. So yeah. um, a great use case for where, you know, customer experience optimization and testing mm-hmm. um, are hugely interlinked. And, uh, you know, these are not, it's not just about making money, but it's about saving money as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And I was going to say that exemplifies very well how experimentation in general fits into the wider scheme of CX as well, you know, um, mm-hmm. and kind of going back to your sales pitch even as well. Um, where do you, what do you see the experimentation discipline heading um, in the context of customer experience in general? Um, well, obviously, I think the two, as I say, are hugely interlinked because, um, one, I think you never know enough about your customers. Um, and, you know, if you've got to be able to bring as much data to, uh, as possible, not just your qual, but your quant with that as well, right? Yeah. And you need to be able to test at scale because, you know, the problems that you're identifying are hypotheses that need to be validated, right? Yeah. They, need, they need to be finally checked against um, with a test. So I think the, the two are hugely interlinked. Um, and the way I see experimentation going, that is a good question. I think it's heading more into the realms of data science now as well, mm-hmm. where I think that you need to have people that are so skilled in data manipulation yeah. um, and the statistical side as well, that um, you know, customer experience will be at the heart of, of data science as well. Um, and the recommendations that these analysts are gonna have to make off their tests uh, are gonna have to be actionable and they're yep. going to even, you know, the analysts are going to have to have the customers at, uh, at the heart of everything they do. So I very much see customer experience optimization um, moving more into more into deeper analysis. Uh, yep. And yeah, obviously, you, I, I do think I do believe in a culture where I think everyone should see themselves as an analyst, you know, whatever role you're in. You need to be able to dive into to the data. You need to be able to ask difficult questions and ask good questions. Um, and ultimately, you know, again, research as well. You need to be able to, 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 to strongly research. So I very much see CX going into a deeper analytics function. Yeah, yeah. No, amazing. Um, and I think you really, again, you showcase how important data is in making decisions and having the full fact at hand. Going back to 2016 when, uh, when you graduated university, was data, was that already part of your mindset that you wanted to really dig into data and be able to have the full fact at hand before making a decision um, for the customer experience? No, I don't think it was. So yeah, I come out of the university, uh, got a job locally um, for a local travel company. Yeah. Um, and I just went into to delivering um, marketing campaigns in, a, in like a digital and CRM function. Yeah. Um, and... CRO and CX optimization only come about when I was working with an agency who said, you know, do you want to do some CRO on the side? Um, me and my manager agreed for it. Right. Yeah, let's give it a go. And I started getting more involved with it uh, and in more involved with the Google, Google optimized product. Yeah. And it was just, when I first got started, it was just a case of let's just get some tests out. You know, it was based off hunch. It was based off gut feel. Um, And then I started to really enjoy looking at the results and seeing how your, even how your gut feel was going, you know, how much do you, do you know about this? And I don't think at that time I was really thinking about the customer too much. It was only when I took the next role where I thought, right, I really like AB testing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how can I take this more seriously? Um, And then I found an optimization role moving up to London 
Yeah. And um, yeah, luckily I worked for a great company in that role who had a very good CX UX product team function. What company was this? Uh, this was working for Eurostar. Nice. Yeah, it's another travel brand. Um, and yeah, they had like, you know, proper product teams, which I hadn't worked with before. Yeah. Uh, UX researchers, yeah, CX functions. Um, so that was a lot more, a lot more data driven. Um, I had fantastic mentors as well in the team. So had uh, luckily enough to, to work, my, my, my line manager at the time is masters in human computer interaction. And then my, uh, my other manager was a master of maths. So having that mix um, of someone looking at the qual, someone looking at the quant for, and merging that with testing and customer yeah. optimization was a really, really powerful tool for me. And um, yeah, I've got, got to give thanks to those guys because they're the balance that I had and the knowledge that I took from that role has yeah definitely um, helped me out in, in, in these future roles. So um, yeah, I think that was, that was a big learning curve for me at the, at the, at the start, but yeah, yeah I've come to grips with that role. Um, it was yeah hugely beneficial and you know, it had great mentors around me. No, that's a that's actually a very good point. The importance of mentorship, right? Um, so let's yeah. let's dive into that in, in a little more depth. I really want to pick apart and understand how you um, how you progressed to where you are right now from uh, from as, from your graduation and in such a short period of time. So can you touch on the importance of mentorship and how important it is to find um, first of all a good mentor and how you determine that and so on. Yeah, I think having a good mentor is is incredibly important because that's the benchmark. That's the benchmark that you need to get to. And I feel like without a good mentor, you're, you're not going to know what that benchmark is and you're therefore not going to push yourself as much. Um, so I think it's vital to success in any role. Um, and I think if you want to be successful in what you do you need to have a again what i was saying earlier a lifetime commitment to learning um and the best way to do that is to to look at what the experts do Um, and i think with mentorship as well i think there there's that added pressure right because there's someone you want to impress there's someone that you you're looking at you're going right i want to be like that guy yeah um and i want to develop those skills or even i want to go further than that guy that you know that's that was a mindset i often had um in in my earlier roles as well which was yeah, I want to want to want to succeed here. I want to want to do this. Um, so I think there's that added pressure of right. I want to get to this level. Um, so yeah, I think it's incredible, incredibly important. And I think you're almost fast tracking your way to to get into where you want to be. And you have to be ready for that, don't you? And the one thing I picked up on your profile is that you have a ton of certifications, <laughs> a ton of courses, and certifications. How do you navigate the sea of all the the certifications, courses, boot camps that are out there? how do I navigate those? So yeah, firstly is just, um, again, word of mouth on courses is speak, speak to your colleagues, speak to the mentors, see what they recommend. Um, and yeah, be, be proactive in that. Don't be reactive, be, be proactive, always looking for, for, for the next course and what to do next. Um, I would say, don't think that paid courses are that much better or really expensive courses are that much better because, you know, I've done ones on Udemy and, data camp, whatever, that are exceptional and have taught me more than ones that have that have that I've spent, you know, three, four grand on. So I would say, yeah, don't get too too caught up in in, in what's paid and what's not paid. Um, uh, yeah, check your reviews, make sure that, yeah. that that's got good reviews. Uh, and I would also say that certifications are one thing, 
doing it and putting it into action is another thing um you can do all this I, you know i do do a lot of certifications i I'm big on personal development but yeah. unless you can put that into a into a business use case that's useless right so yeah. make sure you're doing courses that are relevant to, to your job and are going to advance your job function that you can put into practice because otherwise that's just going to go in one ear and out of the other so make sure you're doing courses that are that are empowering you to to be to be a better um customer experience exec or, or whatever yeah. you're, whatever you're working in really awesome i like that um what do you think has been the most useful course for you so far that you've done um i would say a because i was going into a new industry mm -hmm. uh, i would have to say a sports marketing course that i'd done a free one again on udacity udacity yeah. is great courses um but i think what was quite good about it is the fact that i was going into an industry which yes, I knew it because I'm a massive sports fan. I'm very passionate, but when it comes to marketing, affiliate partnerships, all of these different aspects of marketing, I didn't actually know too much yeah. um, because it's a, it's, a, it's a whole new beast, a whole new kettle of fish compared to the travel industry. And, you know, obviously sports marketing, it's very event focused, competition focused. So yeah. it's, yeah, say it's a different beast. So I feel like that course probably st stood me in good ground for actually taking this role where, um, although I thought I knew, knew a lot and when it comes down to it, you know, it's still a new industry. So there was, a, there was a bit of a learning curve. So I think that course helped me. And, and again, I would say to, to people is know your industries as well, you know, like yeah. working, working in travel is, is going to be totally different to, to working in finance or, or whatever. So make sure you know your industry, know your competitors mm -hmm. uh, and just try to stay in your game that way. And again, that's not necessarily related to customer experience, but any industry is just yeah. make sure you know it um and yeah if you can be passionate about your industry as well you know even better like for me i would say i feel quite quite lucky to be able to work in a sports industry that's that's probably i would say when i was when i was a kid growing up it was it was always a dream of mine to work for you know sky sports or yeah i don't know bt were about then but yeah you know you get the picture and to, to come and, and get someone that's uh, sort of challenging that market it's it, it, it helps you. So I would say, yeah, choose something you're, you're passionate about as well. But yeah, that sports marketing course was, was a great help for me um, getting started. I love that. Just really get it to know your industry before you dive into it. So yeah, yeah. let's, let's talk about industry. Obviously now you're, you're in an industry that has uh, benefited from the situation that COVID has created. Could you talk us through um, what it was like in the first initial weeks? Um, and how you were able to to pivot, uh, not only personally but also as a as an organization. I think at the start it was a very very concerning time for the business because sport mm -hmm. stops, right? Sport across the world stopped, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a lot of uncertainty ar around at that time. Uh, but I think what that did give me time to do because we stopped all of our testing and yeah, all of our experimentation work that was going on. Because yeah. one, one there wasn't a great deal of sport going on. Uh, and two, um, we felt like COVID would affect the normal behaviors of people. So would it be representative for an entire population moving forward? Probably not. So we've made the decision to pause all of our experiments, excuse me. Yep. Um, and that gave me time to actually go away and look at the actual processes that we were going through for mm -hmm. identifying customer problems, the research that we were running um, and put together like a little bit of a framework and processes to, to how we should be doing this and identifying those problems. So it gave me time to do those tasks that you almost put on the back burner. Right. were actually really beneficial to doing your job and really beneficial to how other people do their jobs. Right. So, um, 
getting silly things set up like you know dashboards looking at how many experiments have a customer problem attached to them how many of those are winners losers um uh, and this sort of thing things that you yeah say you just put on the back burner but yeah you actually start using those uh they're really beneficial because day to day you can get really caught up in the bau um and i feel like in the what in the business as usual in the bau task that you're doing sorry um and you can be so busy, you know, everyone's so busy, aren't we? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have time to go away, reflect, pause and actually go, right. These are the tasks that are actually longer term going to be really beneficial to me. Yeah. Not, not replying to this email or, you know, doing the results for this individual test. You know, this is yeah. the stuff that longer term is going to really have a, have a bigger impact. So I definitely feel like the, I can speak for myself that our customer experience optimization experimentation functions mm-hmm. advanced at that time because of that. And I think now that we've got sport back on the platform, we're back to focusing on the test, getting the yeah. test, focusing on customer problems. And we're back to hundred mile an hour again. You know? <laughs> but it was really refreshing at that time for me to actually focus on, on, on all of that stuff. So doing, things like landing page audit. So, you know, what, what are the customer pain points on, on those landing pages? Identifying some of those. Um, I love that. Doing some, a lot of audit work, loads of audits. Amazing. Cool. So we can, uh, we can wrap up with that then. Um, Sam, thank you so much for joining. A pleasure to have you. And to everyone else, follow us on LinkedIn at CXL's podcast for regular weekly content and episodes. Till next time. Cheers, Lucas.